Hi there, and welcome to Emmanuel. This is our conversations podcast where we spend a bit of time talking about the type of people that we want to become in our communities and in our homes. We hope that this encourages you to live a little bit more like Jesus taught us. God bless you. Well, hello there. My name is Micah, and I'm here today with Corey. Hello, everybody. And it's been a little while since we've done this. We've missed a couple of weeks uh, due to a whole variety of reasons, but largely because for uh, most of the last month, I've sounded like Darth Vader's lesser-known cousin. Mikey, you sound much better, and I'm glad. Well, we thought that we would dive back in with a a conversation about one of our values. And just because it's been a while, uh, we've got a couple of guiding documents around here at Emmanuel, the chief of which, of course, is the Bible. But then we've also got a couple of more distilled versions, which doesn't mean they're better, it's just shorter. Uh, one is our ministry plan, and the other is our values document. And within that, we have a whole series of values that are really descriptions of the dream of the type of people we want to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, what's important to us, and how do we live that out amongst each other? Yeah. And so today, Corey, we wanted to talk about... Uh, a value that on the document, which you can still find online on our Facebook page, is called Be Truthful. Uh, now, that sounds a little bit like something I would have learned in kindergarten if I had gone. So some people might be wondering why it's here. So in our context, Corey, what would it mean to be truthful? Well, the the scriptures speak about it a lot in terms of how do you get along with each other? How do you speak hard truths to each other? How do you get along with each other when you're offended by another person? What do you do when you don't see eye to eye? How do you handle those kinds of situations? And the answer that the Bible shares is be truthful. And the first thing that we want to point out is the reason that we're truthful is that we want to emulate God because the Bible says that that's what God is like, that God speaks the truth. He shares the truth and he is the truth. In fact, it says in John chapter 14, verse six, which is one of the passages underneath this value that where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And I think we all agree that we would live in a much better world and in a much better church if everybody spoke the truth, right? Everybody agrees that. But how do you live that out? And what's maybe the deeper truths that are going to heal us and help us to live the way that Jesus wanted us to live? Because we've all been on the receiving end of an unkind or cruel comment that somebody just says, I'm just saying, I'm just telling them the truth. Uh, And really, I don't think that's what we're talking about, you know, be truthful in a way that hurts. I like how you said that. What is the, the deeper truths that draw us closer to restoration with God? And we got to pay attention to what the scriptures say in terms of the living out of this. And in the letters of Paul, he's constantly talking to people who need to live out love. And in doing that, let me just take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. It's often been one of the, the great manifestos of being truthful. And it says, instead, speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. Speaking the truth 
in love. And I think that gets to the heart of it. Whatever we say today about how do you be truthful in the context of relationships, it has to be about how do you temper, how do you really, uh, how, how do you live out truth with love at the center? How do you make truth restore? How do you make it redeem people? How do you make truth compassionate and loving? Because there are no choices to make. I mean, sometimes, uh, were you ever faced with what seemed like a choice between being truthful and loving? It feels sometimes like you have to make that choice, mm. right? But that's not really the kind of world that God wants us to live in. He wants it to be the place where the truth is loving. Mm. And so I guess we've got to start out that way. Wherever we go with this, it's got to be that. But now... I think, even though we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this today, I want to think about a few contexts about how do you actually do it. Yeah. Because we can talk about all the theoretics that we want, but this got to be lived out in a relationship. And thinking even around here, how do you speak a hard truth to someone? How do you have conversations where the truth is spoken in love? Now, one of the most common things, experiences, is that when we get personally offended by someone, they said something, they neglected us whether through oversight or by deliberate attempt they hurt me and so what do i do when someone hurts me what do i say how do i respond truthfully micah do you have any first thoughts on that well just initially i mean you have to go back to the verse that you just read let it be done in love and the catch there is that it's not self-love right like we we usually would love to lash out and put the person in their place, but the question is what will actually uh, lovingly build this relationship with the, my brother or sister that's hurt me? And for me, I have learned over the years when I've gotten offended and then explored it with fr uh, friends who've hurt me that I have usually misunderstood, that they didn't mean it that way, that it didn't occur to them, uh, that the offense I was taking wasn't a reflection of their their heart or their desires or their hopes and dreams. And that has often, I've found, been pretty key to, to my moving forward in the relationship. You know, we can't just brush everything under the carpet, can we? And I think one of the things I learned from that experience and experiences that I have is that learning to share with other people how I'm hurting right now and what part they might have had to play. Mm. Now, I've got to do that wanting to preserve the relationship. It's when I get into attack mode, and there are no telltale signs of why I do it. It's in my heart when I'm in attack mode, and I'm looking almost for an excuse to sever that relationship, or when I'm assuming the worst about that other person. That's usually where I get in trouble. When I assume that that other person wanted to hurt me, yeah. rather than assuming that this must be a misunderstanding but I got to tell them about it. Yeah. Now, the question might be, are we too quick to take offense, though, sometimes? And well, I do wonder about that. I mean, we live in a culture that has been specializing in taking offense for years. I mean, mm -hmm. our media, our, our evening news is usually about people taking offense with each other. And so many of us have grown up in the shadow of take offense as quickly as you can if things make you uncomfortable or you don't feel happy about it, take offense and move on. And yeah, at least for me, I find I take offense way too fast. Uh, and I don't, I don't slow down to try and see what God's working out in the situation. I, I just leap to, well, attack mode. I, well, I look to bury the person as quickly as possible. 
Yeah, and and I think we're all there. But what we need to think about doing is taking a little heart check once in a while. Yeah. Do I get offended a lot by other people? And that that's just a little bunny trail, I know. Because whatever we do, although it's an important one, but whatever we do, we have to speak the truth to other people and speak it in the context of love. And that's how I think it gets worked out in those relationships, yeah, asking those questions. It may seem like a bunny trail, Corey, but I, I think it might actually be pretty core, at least in our culture. Because if we are taking offense all the time, if every day I'm coming home offended at somebody, I may be taking myself too seriously or thinking of myself more highly than I ought to. And there's no way I can speak truth from that position. I, my vision's all distorted. Well, and that's the truth, that our vision is distorted when it comes to this stuff. I find it hard to tell on my own, in my own strength and in my own wisdom, is this something that's worth being offended over? Yeah. So I guess maybe that makes us dig deeper into that hole and say that we need to maybe have people we trust we can check with. Yeah. But more than anything, we really need to depend on the wisdom of Christ on this one uh, because we just can't see it ourselves. We just feel. And we sometimes a, don't see. It's a funny thing. One of the things I've often said to teens, you know, you said we need people who, that we can trust on this one. Those probably aren't our friends because our friends have our best interests. Like if we're hurting, they want to rally around us. We need somebody with an outside perspective. Now, there's another context, Corey. I mean, there's personal offense, and frankly, I think we could spend an entire podcast or two talking about that, but sometimes, much more rarely than uh, popular Christian media would have us believe, but sometimes we come across a situation where we are dealing with a brother or a sister in Christ who's willfully walking away from God. They're, you know, the, the old terminology there would be a fallen brother or sister. Uh, they're doing something that we we can clearly see is against the teachings of Jesus and how he would have us live. You know, if, if we ever come across one of these black and white situations, which I find are pretty rare in my life, how do we speak truth in that situation? Yeah, it's just so we understand what could we be talking about here, yeah. what kinds of things could we be talking about. Good, because I, I really did kind of hedge that one in, didn't I? Yeah, uh, and it's still a little vague, but I think we can understand that many times in relationships that we struggle uh, with doing God's will in that. And so when we see someone in a relationship that we really believe isn't honoring to God yeah. and probably hurting them, or if we see someone falling into a habit that we know they're going to reap terrible consequences from, yeah. it really behooves us to talk to them and to to share with them what we believe is the truth but we've got to do it humbly yeah and a reminder of that for me is in galatians chapter 6 it says uh, brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin you who live by the spirit should restore that person mm. gently and to me that's like in humility because of those old sayings that are so true there but for the grace of god go i yeah and i've got to be careful about the log in my own eye, right? From Matthew. Yeah. It says, be careful. Yeah, for those of you who don't know the story, Jesus talked about why are you worried about the speck of dust in your brother's eye when you've got an entire tree plank mm -hmm. in yours? Uh, and, and yeah, we all walk around and it is so easy for us to fixate on maybe on something obvious and not realize that our own heartbeat is far away from Christ and therefore become hypocrites. 
So here's what I do. When I'm with someone that I'm really concerned for them and I don't want to judge and I want to be gentle and I want to be humble, I say things like this. I say, I love you. I'm going to walk with you no matter what. Mm. I struggle with a lot of stuff. And maybe I get specific with them about some of the things that I struggle with. But I care about you. And I'm really worried that if you go down this road that you're going to get hurt. And I care too much to see you go down this road much longer. Yeah. I may be wrong. And I'm not trying to judge. And I, I see things like that to try to disarm. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, you're just wishy-washy. But I think that is a practical way where we're humble and gentle with other people. And we also commit to saying, I will walk alongside you. Yeah. And the, the other thing I say, and this may be offensive to some people, is no matter what you choose, I am for you. I love you. Yeah. I may not always agree with what you're doing, but I am for you. You are my brother. You are my sister. I will walk with you. Yeah. There will never be a time that I say to you, I told you so. And so this is, to me, how it works out, the truth-telling. Does that make sense, Micah? Yeah, and I think, Corey, that uh, one of the things we should probably say at this point is that to the best of our understanding, that emulates what God does, uh, especially in the New Testament. As we see how Jesus behaves... As we see how the stories, the parables, the teachings that he gave, as we see Paul include words like restore them gently, um, we believe that emulates, you know, God doesn't abandon us. I, I was just teaching the youth the other night, no matter how far away you've walked from God, if you turn around and start walking back towards him, even the, the desire to do that, he's right there beside you. Uh, he never walks away from us. And we want to model that we've often said we want to be Jesus with skin on to the people around us. Uh, people who um, want to come down hard and heavy on people and declare you know, judgment, I would probably say that they're emulating a lot of what they see in the prophetic books of the Old Testament, which was often said to an entire nation, not to individuals. And yet as we see Jesus, we see how God deals with, with his people continue to develop and, and that's what we want to be doing. And, and kind of finally, I'd love to see how this gets worked out in people who work together in the church, mm. right? That's what we want our church to be, the church where we're able to speak truth to each other. Even sometimes we don't see eye to eye, but we still speak the truth in love. But the last thing, the truly the last thing I would say about this is I want to be careful to not take God's place and God's role. And that's why we don't judge each other in the first place, yeah. is that we leave the judgment to God. We, It is not our job to help people see the truth. It's only our job to help speak the truth yeah. and let God convince others and convince us too, yeah. in case we might be wrong. So I guess the last thing I'd say is, I got to remind myself, don't take God's job. You will mess up. Yeah. It really, And you know what? That is something that many Christians have wrestled with is that we're not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the judge. And that, you know, it can use us to prompt and prod people, but ultimately it's the Spirit's job to do a transforming work in people's souls. Well, Micah, maybe you can take us out, but as you do, I want to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, and it says this. It's a good really good wisdom. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up 
according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Mm. That's probably enough. I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's always good to end with Scripture. As always, if you want to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. God bless you. We hope you have a good day. Uh, Stop by the office anytime. We'd love to talk. Bye for now.